We're back! It's Mike here from the North River Satellite Library, and in just a moment I'll be joined by Marla and Sarah from the Library Tech Team. In today's episode, we are talking about one of the most powerful forces on the internet, and in our lives in general, which is nostalgia. Why are we so drawn to it, and is it a force for good in our lives? We're going to try to figure that out. Plus, we've got Marla's Makerspace Minute, some listener mail, a few book and movie recommendations, and more. So, let's get to it. It's been a while. It has. Glad you guys are uh, back. I, uh, I heard, Marla, that you're, uh, you're at home. You're not coming to us live from the Makerspace. I'm not, no. They called all the schools off for, like, I don't know what, three inches of snow, if that. And uh, <laughs> so, so I'm home with the kids, and they're supposed to be e-learning, but we all know how I feel about e-learning. <laughs> so I said, let snow days be snow days, and I called them all in. Ah, very good. Yes, we know how you feel about e-learning. And, and I can just feel the, uh, the, the, the frustration in your voice when you said that they closed the schools for the three inches of snow. <laughs> what are we, Texas? <laughs> I know. You know, I was telling my, uh, my parents uh, who were in Tennessee yesterday, and they, were, they noticed that we were getting a snowstorm. And they're and, and they're like, ah, but you guys are prepared to deal with that, right? It's it's not any big deal when it happens up there. And I'm like, you would think that, but that's totally not the case. <laughs> Everyone just freaks out, just like they do in the south or something when it gets snow. It's like we've never seen it before every time. Exactly. Well, anyway, how are you doing, Sarah? I'm good. I'm really good. Didn't get much sleep last night, but it's okay. Got a lot of pressure, a lot of stress. <laughs> But uh, I'm hanging in there. All right. Well, do you guys want to dig into these takes? Yeah, let's get yeah. into some takes. These freeform takes? All right. My idea for today's episode is to um, just try to think out loud a bit about the concept of nostalgia, particularly nostalgia on the Internet. I think sometimes that nostalgia is one of the primary drivers of content on the internet. I think right here on this show, we have uh, had a couple of episodes that seem like they were more or less dedicated to nostalgia and um, countless websites and YouTube channels dedicated to um, things from our past. And I just wanted to, uh, you know, I feel like um, I'm the, uh, the elder statesman of this group here. Um, (laughs) and um, I think my generation has certainly wallowed in nostalgia uh, for a long time but you two being younger than I am from the millennial age uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on this Um, do you find yourself drifting into nostalgia a lot and um, do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing Or, or why do you do it I mean well I do find myself drifting into nostalgia quite a bit But the funny thing about my nostalgia is that it only happened like 10 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I don't think it's a bad thing. I think that um, it's only natural to want to reflect back into the past when things aren't, when things are uncertain or um, not as, uh, like the future is always painted 
I mean, the past is always painted with rose-colored glasses because we know how it ended up and we know that we survived it. So when you're faced with something that feels like you might not survive it as, a, you know, 2020 and 2021 seemed to be for a lot of people, um, it's only natural to want to go back to a place where you made it through and you actually, you know, had some fun maybe and try to relive that a little bit to sort of, I guess, self-soothe, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, think it's a- I think that's part of it. I think that a lot of nostalgia is also that, like, that's what raised us. So when I think of nostalgia, I go back to, like, the, like, I'm a, like, I'm a 90s baby. I was born at the end of 1990. So, like, the 90s, growing up in the 90s is, like, it's, own genre of nostalgia I feel like like we have this whole decade of nostalgia like people are still walking around wearing like Nickelodeon clothing like it's coming back because like nostalgia like they're branding it almost and these are the things that that raised us the things that we watched on TV whether you had cable or whether you didn't have cable um, that's, you know, that's its own genre. Um, you were either a cable kid or not a cable kid. You were a Cartoon Network kid, or you were a Nickelodeon kid, or you were a Disney Channel kid. Um, or you, you know, you watched this, or you did this, or you listened to this kind of music. I mean, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, Britney, like, <laughs> that was all, like, it's nostalgia. I just had my 30th birthday party, and, like, that was pretty much my theme was like all I did was listen to music like I started with like Hanson's Umbop and then like slowly through the night um like just worked my way up to like music I was listening to in high school like in the late 2000s and it was like every song that played I would be like wow like I was doing this when I heard this song like like I have this memory attached to this song or you know, I remember I was in this year of high school and like hanging out with these people when this song came out. And like, it just reminds us how we grew up and like how we became who we are. Well, sure. And I think that certainly we can say that the internet really fuels this and makes it a lot easier um, to indulge in. I mean, I can't open like Spotify without just being flooded with suggested playlists from any number of specific, you know, years of my youth or whatever. And I feel like um, we almost have a unique position these days of, of, of being able to, to, to seek out targeted nostalgia and just sort of live in it as much as we want in a way that people from previous eras didn't have. And I just wonder sometimes if it's, um, if it's, if it's a little too much, does that make sense? It could be. My my boyfriend's an 80s kid, and I feel like he's way into nostalgia. Like, 80s kids are horrible into nostalgia. <laughs> Everything he references is an 80s movie or an 80s song. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can, I, can, uh, relate. I can relate to that, yes. And I think that, <laughs> I think that, that the 80s uh, is probably the most, like, insufferably um, – <laughs> nostalgic decade that, that none of us are just ever going to let go it is the 80s are truly the 60s for the people who were there <laughs> it's just it's just forever it's just 80s forever um, well I mean, 
and that's understandable in the 80s pop culture was king um the economy was great people were happy yeah (laughs) and look where we are now i mean um i think it's only natural i don't know if it's like your question about whether there's too much nostalgia i wonder what's the harm you know like who are we hurting by uh wanting to at least in our leisure go back to a place where things were simpler yeah Yeah, when kids played outside on snow days instead of (laughs) (laughs) e-learning it it always comes back to e-learning um (laughs) but i think that's a that's i think you might have just uh that i i I get what you're saying there sarah i think that's probably the important distinction you said where's the harm at least in our leisure i think maybe the harm is when it, it goes out of out of your leisure, out of your entertainment, and just into all the other aspects of your life. I know um, I have to speak carefully here. I don't want to get us. Uh, I know the show does not get into political things, but but um, I think we all know. Like uh, fairly recently, there was a certain a certain candidate whose whole campaign was based on returning the country to an earlier time, um, and that turned out to be a very popular uh, strategy. And uh, well, let's just say it, it didn't go great um, in practice. So um, yeah, when you when you let nostalgia be the driver of like your actual life rather than just like you Living said, living in the moment. Thinking, yes. Um, Accepting that, reality, I guess. Exactly. So maybe that maybe it's not maybe nostalgia itself is not good or bad. It's um, it's like anything, I guess. It's uh, to what ends do you use it? So. Just just to be clear, we're not talking about shoulder pads. <laughs> no. no, I think that's a really good point. I think that as long as you are able to accept that we are in a different time and that, I mean, especially as a parent, um, uh, I, there's always like this, it's not really a meme, you know, it's like a quote that kind of goes around. And it's like something about how we're always, trying to raise our children you know how like how like we were raised like my parents were really big on like children are meant to be seen and not heard because that's how they were raised um but like with every generation like it's not like we evolve and like I'm not going to raise my children how my parents raised me because that world doesn't exist anymore so Mm -hmm. I have to I have to raise my children for the world that exists today and in the in the world that we are predicting they're going to be adults in, um, which is obviously not going to be the you know the the 90s that I grew up in or the 60s that my parents grew up in. Right, right. That brings me to my uh, follow-up question. How about this? Is the idea of childhood itself? Uh, perhaps overrated, <laughs> like you said. Uh, your your parents said the children should be seen and not heard. Or you, when you uh, when you you read about like uh, children from much earlier times, um, up through like uh, early 1900s and such, and basically children weren't treated any differently than adults. They had to dress like adults, talk like adults. They were just treated as small adults, <laughs> and it was. Uh, more recent, more recent times that this whole concept of having a, a childhood and that being this uh, playful um, time 
um, became sort of the way things were. And then further from that, how in, as adults, we tend to sort of still go back and obsess over our own childhood uh, to the point where like adults watch TV shows on Netflix that are just about the toys that they played with growing up and stuff like that. You think we Cobra spend... Cobra Kai. <laughs> Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai is just hugely popular. And it's like we have sort of a thing now almost of like not letting go of childhood. What about that? Is that good or is that bad? Well, I mean, the more that we research childhood, we realize that what happens to us in childhood has lasting effects into our adulthood. And the wounds and um, uh, traumas of our childhood affect how we develop into adults. So if we can sort of, I mean, glorify is a strong word, but if we can. set aside that time to sort of try to set up a person to have the best chance in adulthood as they can. I don't think that's a bad thing because it's very much at a very important stage in your life. I think that's really true. I think that I think childhood itself obviously is very good. And yeah, glorify might be a little stronger of a word. Um, I wasn't even thinking about like the trauma that we, even if we don't recognize it as trauma as a child, you know, the more, the more that like counseling and therapy becomes mainstream and we start, you know, just speaking to professionals and that becomes like a norm, you know, then we kind of recognize things that we didn't realize were traumatic to us so much. And then it starts to make sense why we are how we are as adults. You know, everybody has some neurotic um, qualities to them, you know, whether they're severe or mild. uh, We start to realize, oh, like, that's why I'm like that. That's why I have fear of, you know, abandonment or whatever it may be. I think um, that another part is transition. I know personally, I like there was no fine like transition from childhood to adulthood for me. It was like you're a child, you're a child, you're a teenager, like you're in high school. And then it was like, okay, you graduated. You're an adult. (laughs) Here you go. (laughs) And um, my parents weren't really great about that. You know, my mom, she grew up she graduated in the early seventies and that's what she did. That was normal back then. You graduated high school and you left and you just like discovered the world on your own. And I don't think it's just that easy for us today. So when I was 18 and she was kind of just like, congratulations, here's your diploma. Have fun. (laughs) It was kind of like, what? Like, I don't know how to do taxes. I didn't have a bank account. I like, there was no transition. There was no setting me up. And we don't learn those things in school, at least not then. I think they're getting better with that in high school, like teaching teenagers how to do these life skills, if you will. But otherwise, if you don't have that transition, you might stay in this childhood state of mind forever or until you just kind of become this magical butterfly of an adult. (laughs) That's really, those are some very insightful uh, digressions there. That's not where I expected that going. Um, uh, Leave it it to you guys. I need therapy. No, it's like really uh, 
those are those were all really good good points. Um, I think I was I was just trying to turn this segment into an opportunity to talk about how much I can't stand Marvel movies and that they're for kids. But um, <laughs> but that's really good stuff. <laughs> all of that. What do you think, Mike? Um, I think that people need to stop watching these superhero movies and watch movies <laughs> made. <for them. laughs> that's my take. Um, no, but that's that's true. And I, yeah, now that you mention it, um, I had the same thing when coming out of high school, and then you have no idea what you're supposed to do. Even coming out of college, when I graduated uh, college. Um, I was just like, okay, so now everyone's going to be rushing at me to give me a great job, right? And that's not, that's not how it works. For all, of the, um, for all of the attention that our society seems to place on childhood and being a teenager and all that stuff, it does leave us um, surprisingly unprepared um, to exit that. So um, just something to think about. Dramatic pause. <laughs> this is good. I like this segment. <laughs> Thank you, guys. These are some good takes. Before we switch gears into some other topics, is it time for the Makerspace Minute? To the Makerspace Minute. I've been working hard on uh, finding kind of a new theme for a couple Makerspace Monday episodes. Um, I did a whole, like, frugal gift-giving theme right before the holidays um, for a few episodes. And now um, I learned that you can make all kinds of stencils with the Cricut and with vinyl. And I have found some really cool projects, like how to make your own doormats. Um, I'm going to show everybody how to make their kids some really cool artistic um, like paint your own Valentine ideas. Um, some schools are doing Valentines, not all, um, but it's still really cool to like make for your own kids. Um, and there's just a bunch of things that you can do while making a stencil from the Cricut. So it's not all about just making um, designs to iron on or to make decals with. Like you can just use it as a stencil too. And I thought that was really creative and just kind of the opposite of what people normally use it for. Hmm. Okay. It's, it's hard to hard to do out of Skype. You'd have to visualize it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's one of our favorite segments this is the bad radio. <laughs> but it sounds interesting. It will be. So tune in first and third Mondays, 7 p.m. on Facebook Live and YouTube. Of course. Thanks, Marla. Thanks. Uh, next up. Uh, we've got a little bit of listener mail uh, at long last. We've got some listener mail. Uh, if you have a question for the Tech Team Podcast, please email it to tech at northriversidelibrary.org. Uh, we have a regular listener, Jeff, from North Riverside, has asked for our thoughts on antivirus software. So I thought I'd ask uh, each of you, what do you use for antivirus? Um, I guess I can go first. Uh, I use so I use Windows 10 right now, and uh, I simply stick with the built-in Windows Defender software, which I think has gotten pretty good in recent years. And I personally think it's probably all that the average uh, person needs, particularly if you combine it with just general safe web browsing 
practices. Um, I like it because I find that it doesn't slow down your computer like uh, some of the third-party antivirus uh, options do. And I've been happily just using Windows Defender for several years, and I haven't had any issues with viruses, malware, anything like that. So I think these days particularly, um, maybe not so much in several years ago, but I think they've made it really good now. I think that's probably all that you need. Um, but that's just me. What about you two? Um, I have to ask Cortana if I have antivirus software. Oh, Marla. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't know. I don't think I've ever used antivirus software, and I, I don't know. I don't think I've ever had a problem. <laughs> I'm really bad about it. I know that's probably not the best thing, but hey, I'm here for your guys' opinions. So. Oh my goodness. Uh, well, don't do what Marla does. <laughs> don't do what I say, not as I do. Get awesome. antivirus software. Very interesting. Uh, I mentioned this to Sarah a while back, and we both thought we we thought Marla for sure was somebody who was like a Norton antivirus McAfee <laughs> antivirus person. We were like. Surely Marla's got got that stuff, um, but uh, I, we're wrong. But no, if if you're using Windows and you didn't install anything else, then you probably at least have the Defender turned on because I have Defender, and yeah, my computer is pretty pretty new. I mean, it's like less than two years old. I don't know how long it lasts for. This sounds really bad. Don't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you two think so highly of me, though. <laughs> I'm flattered, really. <laughs> oh, we we kid, Marla, we kid. Um, and Sarah, you're a Mac person. Um, you got any thoughts from the Mac side of the aisle? I'm just gonna sound like such a little twit, but I mean, when when you get a Mac, you don't have to worry about the viruses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, don't be like I've that. I've never had a problem. I've never, you know, I do. Um, I have a program. This is not the same. Hold on a second. This is not the same. It's called Clean My Mac X, and I run that every once in a while, and it helps detect any malware. But I never, I never have any malware. I use mostly use it to like clear up my RAM. That, that's all. Exactly. Yes, Mac users and their whole thing about how Macs don't get viruses uh, is just a. Uh, practically a trope at this point. Um, <laughs> and Sarah's being very on brand with that assessment. Well, I mean, if you're asking me what software I'm using, I'm not, because I don't need it. <laughs> My Windows says that security intelligence is up to date. Um, and I guess it has some kind of scanner because it says there's no current threats. It does a scan weekly, it looks like. Yeah, that's um, good. You're on Defender. Yeah. Okay, so I got something, right? Is that good? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is. It's quite good. Um, I, have a, I have a buddy who's um, a big um, IT guy, um, and he thinks that Defender is not quite enough. He always gives me a hard time. Um, for saying that that's all I use. Uh, he's a big Norton guy for what it's worth. And he says to, he says that all of the uh, third party ones are kind of okay, but he would not recommend using one called Kaspersky. Um, so for what it's worth, that's uh, one more take I can add in. 
let's see. I have and explain it to Mike, but I want to push that towards the end here. I, let's do the recommendations next. Um, does anyone have any recommendations, any, any books, movies, music, especially if you can get it through a library app? Anybody seen anything good, heard anything good, read anything good? We just showed my five-year-old, um, we just went on the whole Harry Potter movie binge. I read these books when I was in like starting in like fourth grade. And obviously I've seen all the movies. I was a really big Harry Potter fan. And my aunt somehow gave us the first movie. And my oldest son, he like never wanted anything to do with them. So I didn't think anything of it. And my five-year-old, which I think is really young, he was like, oh, I want to I wanna watch it. So we watched it, and then we went on this whole wormhole. We got all of them from our library. Um, so it's not really the library app, but just the fact that, like, I could walk in – well, not walk in, but – oh, yeah, soon. Uh, that I could go to the library and, like, just get all the movies. Like, I check out DVDs here and there from our library, but we've never, like, binged a series from the library like that. And it was just such a, it felt really resourceful. Ah, sure. That's a, a, a classic in its own, right? What's your favorite Harry Potter? Mine is uh, is uh, Harry Potter in uh, Romancing the Stone. For the listeners, uh, we have a recurring bit where Mike doesn't know anything about Harry Potter. And <laughs> <laughs> and so I can't get any of the titles right. Um, <laughs> how about you, Sarah? Well, um, my favorite Harry Potter is Harry Potter and the Lost Temple. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I see. I'm not the only one. Uh, no. Um, my recommendations right now. I'm reading the book Dune in preparation for the movie that's going to come out sometime in 2021. Um, And I'm doing this thing because it's a pretty dense book and it has kind of formal-ish language in a a weird way. I'm doing this thing where I downloaded the audio book from Libby and I'm listening to the audio book as I read it. So it's like helping me really visualize everything and I've never done that before, and it's a very neat trick if you're having a hard time getting into some book that you want to read. Um, the fact that we have all, this whole library of audiobooks available to us is kind of incredible. And uh, using it this way, I really, I'm really bad at audiobooks. I don't like just listening to – I have a hard time following along. But with the book in front of me and the audiobook, I'm like totally immersed in this world and I care so much about the Spice Melange and Duke Alito Atreides um, and all of that stuff. So that's my recommendation. Dune. Dune. <clears throat> yeah. All right. 40 year old book. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's no expiration date. Um, <clears throat> although I guess there is a due date, library joke. Um, I will recommend, um, I haven't been reading anything, uh, um, which is no surprise <laughs> to long time listeners, but, um, uh, I will recommend, um, I'll recommend another podcast that I've been enjoying a lot lately. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts that are about movies. Um, and there's one I've been listening to recently that's 
really cool. It's um, it's I was trying to expand my podcast horizons. I uh, I noticed that like a uh, a lot of the ones I most of the podcasts I listen to are all just by guys, and so I found a movie podcast that's by uh, women, and it's just, and it exclusively talks about these movies through like the lens of how the women are portrayed and how it treats the women in the movies. And so that's been really, uh, really cool. and helps me like get a different perspective on like a lot of uh, my favorite movies and such. It's a great show and it's got the best name ever. It's called the Bechdel cast. Get it? (laughs) (laughs) It's, 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 isn't that great? That's a great name. So uh, check that one out. That's awesome, Mike. I think this might also be a good place to, I see Marla that you have added a new segment here and it's just called do it, Sarah. Do it, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I think it was like our Thanksgiving episode when we were, it was our wish list episode. Um, And Sarah was saying that she really wanted the subscription to Premiere Pro because she wanted to edit all these videos um, with, you know, I think you were just using like the regular iMovie, right, Sarah? Mm-hmm. And you wanted Premiere Pro. Well, I have an Adobe Creative Suite subscription that I pay for every month. And I just used it for like Photoshop and Illustrator because that's what I do on the side. I just do a bunch of graphic design. But for this oral history program we're doing, I needed to edit this video and like I just could not do what I wanted to do in the regular video editor on my windows. And so I was just kind of like, well, let's see how much that Adobe Premiere Pro is. I remember it was kind of a lot and I realized that it comes in my subscription. So I downloaded it and after watching a few YouTube videos, like I was like, absolutely confused at first I had no idea what I was doing I couldn't even get the video to play in it but after (laughs) watching a couple YouTube videos um I mean I like within two hours I was editing videos really well um I mean pretty well for just two hours and so Sarah if you haven't done it yet do it Sarah (laughs) I'm super impressed with it oh awesome I'll give it a shot if you're still using iMovie and you need something better, I mean, I just think I, it's really great. I am, and I'm having the hardest time editing this video for the library. <laughs> you guys have no idea. <laughs> Do it, Sarah. I think I will. <laughs> All right. And now um, I've got to explain it to Mike real quick, and I'm going to need your help on this, Sarah, because I think you are the library's uh, foremost um, expert. Um, or thought leader in this area. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And it has to do with the movie Pulp Fiction. And so I'm I'm disturbed, and I don't know if I should be offended. I saw this tweet. I can't remember who it was, but I saw this tweet the other day, and it it was someone was making fun of somebody else. At least I think that's what was going on. And the gist of the tweet was like, hey, get a load of this guy over here. He watches Pulp Fiction for the plot. <laughs> and <laughs> and I, felt, I felt attacked. I was like, wait, um, are you not supposed to do that? <laughs> because I totally do. Um, can you help me with this, Sarah? What does that mean? And should I feel 
should I feel offended? Um, you know what? I watched Pulp Fiction for the plot too, so maybe I'm offended as well. <laughs> um, I think I think that probably has something to do with like the aesthetic or something. A lot of people like Pulp Fiction just because it's Pulp Fiction and of the way it looks. And really, if you think about it, the plot is kind of all over the place. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what that's referring to. The only, so this is a really bad segment. (laughs) (laughs) Is it because Um, it's a cult classic? Is it just to watch it just because it's just because it's this cult movie? Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. I think it's like people watch it just because it's Pulp Fiction. Um, and it it looks nice, and there's that scene with Samuel Jackson and the Bible verse and the whole thing. Uh, you know, John Travolta and Uma Thurman doing the twist. You know, like, people watch it for that. Not necessarily, like, what's in the briefcase, guys? You know, no one really Yeah, I feel like it's a cult classic thing. I feel like that's why anybody watches cult classics, not necessarily for the plot. I don't know if this may be another one of those um, generational things, but I think I'm probably the only one in this group who was, like, relatively older when this movie came out. But I remember that that's all we did was talk about the plot when, when it came out. It was just, like, how cool it was that it, like, overlapped and like sort of turned around on itself and and we actually did debate what was in the briefcase so maybe it's just um because because of that that i'm that i'm thrown that somebody wouldn't watch pulp fiction anyway i don't know if we i I don't know mike (laughs) i don't know either that's what i'm going with i think i think marlo's right i think that um it's more just like a, a thing to check off of your list so many people consume media that way these days. It's like, oh, got to watch this film, got to watch that film. And it's like hardly, it's a very internet thing. Um, And no one really sits down. I mean, that's generalizing. Let me not say that. But I, I think it's less common to just watch a movie for the enjoyment of the movie. And um, more common to watch a movie for like, fo- to like not experience FOMO, you know? As if they have, like, this list of just, like, um, like if you've seen these movies, you've seen them all kind of thing. Like Yeah, you know. I, a lot of people are like that. I yeah. know, a lot of people I know, especially I took a lot of film classes in, in college, and, like, the film major people were, were all kind of like that. Film True. buff people, you know, uh, cinema heads, they're all, they're all kind of like that. <laughs> That's, like, what a film study, like, I took one film studies course, and, like, that is kind of what it is I mean like I because it kind of reminds me of like Donnie Darko we watched Donnie Darko and like I mean I don't think it was a fantastic movie it was definitely twisted and cool and I and I you know I love the main character for some reason his uh is it Tommy McGuire no it's Jake Gyllenhaal yes um and like I really liked it but like it's not a movie that I'm gonna watch 20 times because I like it. It's a movie that like somebody's gonna be like, I've never seen Donnie Darko, and I'm gonna be like, Dude, you've never seen Donnie Darko? Like, yeah, what's wrong with you? Let's watch it. Ah, speaking of Donnie Darko, uh, you you have to blame that movie for the uh, for every for literally every single movie trailer since 
taking like 80s pop songs and slowing them down and making them sound dark and creepy. Um, it all goes back to that movie. I won't forgive it for that. <laughs> was it Mad World? Um, it was. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it. From then on, <laughs> that's all we've gotten since. Thanks, guys. I think that's probably a good place to end this episode. So, until next time, uh, Sarah? Um, oh, uh, uh, um, keep it spicy, folks. Keep it spicy out there. Very good. <laughs> and Marla? Godspeed. I feel like these are these are lackluster today, guys. What happened to all <laughs> Well, I wanted to say see you next year, last time, but I wasn't on last time, so ah. I missed it. <laughs> That's true. You did miss it, but uh, remember, folks, uh, hindsight is 2020. Oh, my ah. God. Ha, 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 ha.